provide the historic River Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Meanwhile, at the White House. Tick-tock, damn you, get off my lawn. Damn kids. All aware of the Amber Alert, right? Well, get rid of your disinfectants and rubber bedspreads, kids. It's the all-new Amber Herd Alert System. This fantastic early warning device helps one stay dry and rid of all those annoying mattress invoices. Simply hook up to child under six or psychopath and wait for the running water sound. This clever machine has three distinct settings, babbling brook, ocean waves, and roaring river for those close calls. Order today and get a free Cinnabon Renews-It cartridge. Continuing our quest here at Two Douchebags and a Microphone to be constantly funny, once again we offer you strange insults from an alien. Two Shirley Temples and a bottle of scotch will be right back. If a 10-pound bag of shit could talk, this is what it would sound like. Yeah, okay. Up in arms. That makes sense yeah. now. Um, I had a couple of little things. Remember how we like calling people inanimate objects to, yes. you know, to uh, <laughs> use as, fair wor- uh, as swear words, but we couldn't get in trouble? Yeah. I've come up with a few more the other night. I was just sitting there. Uh, brick molding. <laughs> You get the word mold in there. That's a good one. Yes, it is. Yeah. And brick. So that means that implies you're thick as a brick. Yeah. Brick molding. Yeah. So doorknob. Oh, yeah. Knob is always a bad choice. Knob is always. I think I might have used that one. But anyhow, if not, just deal with it. Satchel. Mm. A purse. A man purse. Yeah. Bag of kale. How about radiator cap? <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Soda fountain. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this is my one of my favorite, and just because it's so stupid. Fuzzy ostrich. <laughs> Why would an ostrich be fuzzy? No reason. <laughs> it, it's as stupid as the name you're calling him. It's like, yeah. you, well, you're nothing more than a, 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 a fuzzy ostrich. <laughs> That's what? like the expression, you're as dumb as a bag of hammers. Oh, I love that one. having a bag of hammers was a really dumb idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you talk to the hammers, that's even dumber. <laughs> hey, 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 guys. Hey. There was a, a foghorn. Oh, my God, horn. these things are dumb. There's a foghorn leghorn one where he calls the guy, says, guy's about as sharp as a sack of wet mice. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like foghorn leghorn because he, cool. he had those little, yeah. he had those little one-liners. But you know who uh, Foghorn Leghorn's nemesis was? Wasn't it the sheepdog? Mm, that was one of them. But remember, there was the little bitty bird. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chicken hawk. Chicken hawk. I'm the chicken hawk. And what yeah. does chicken hawk mean? Uh, a chicken hawk is actually like a little. Uh, it's a pedophile on the cruise for a young boy. Oh, is it? That's a chicken hawk. Oh. That's what chicken hawk means, and it has for decades. 
I wonder if Foghorn got touched. <laughs> wow. So I remember when I got a little older and I remember and it's like, chicken hawk? He's calling that guy a chicken hawk? <laughs> I had no idea that's what it's it like meant. It's like calling but... him, you know, chomo or, or short eyes. Or, yeah, chicken hawk is a very bad word. <laughs> wow. Um, I always remembered this. There was that old widow hen that was like really homely. And then she was so into him. Yeah. Yeah. The desperate old maid. Yeah, so yeah. he'd come around there and try to uh, woo her with him taking care of her kid, mm. which was a little Poindexter. Oh, yeah, the little Poindexter chick. Wasn't he the chicken chick. hawk, or uh, was that a different one? No, he, the little the little kid had glasses, and he was a real Poindexter, but he always he was, like, super smart but not strong. Okay, oh, chicken hawk was that little one who goes, I'm a chicken hawk, and then yeah. he, like, puff out his little yeah. chest. Yeah, and you're a chicken, and I'm a chicken hawk, and I'm going to eat you, and you keep trying to drag him off. And Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I never even knew that the chicken hawk was slang for that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one that I have here, because it wasn't complete, is gargler. Oh. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you gargler. <laughs> hey, you know, I could, I could... I can use that term here and there. It's like when you hear someone sucking up to the boss, you can say, yeah, I can hear him gargling. Gargling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Two deuce bags. And a microphone. Mark. And I'm Topher. All right, welcome. We're at the city market here again, and we are... uh, Booty, um, we are here uh, demonstrating that um, the prejudice, the... Uh, um, We're showing that real men can wear booty shorts in public. Yes, yes. And not, not be, not be made, humiliated made fun of, or bullied. made fun of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so here we are with booty shorts on with our ass up in the air podcasting. Mm-hmm. And, we've and been it's getting, a cold day, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yes. So we are doing this for for all you booty short wearing guys. You're welcome. <clears throat> yep. Mark bought me an extra coffee, so I'm warm back yeah, up. Yeah, your ass I, looked really cold when I went it, to yeah. use the bathroom. I saw it trembling, so I was like, "I better get him another coffee." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was I was gonna go booty shorts and uh, roller skates because mm-hmm. that would really be a good combo, but I, I couldn't find any roller skates last minute. So, well, I get tired of being um, <coughs> compared to Linda Ronstadt. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, my legs are about as good as those. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, for a sixty-one, you know how many guy. people got the Linda Ronstadt? <laughs> Three. The early Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, yeah, the early, not the later. Not, not the Spanish language albums where she. That's right. Yeah, it. She kind of did an Elvis where, when the Beatles and the you know first British invasion happened, Elvis couldn't compete, so he he withdrew into gospel music in. You know standards because uh-huh. he didn't have any competition there. Kind of like Brady running off to Tampa Bay, so he didn't have to deal with Patrick Mahomes. Elvis ran away from the Beatles and Stones, so he didn't have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's the same thing. You know, entertainers, athletes, etc. You know, it's like too much competition. I'm going to run over here, and people think I'm still good. Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Good point. I okay. want to be the biggest fish in this tiny little pond. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how stupid I look. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so you gonna... had some uh, subjects you want to go to. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, 
nobody seems to be talking about NFTs much anymore. I think kind of the craze is done. Either well, that or the targeting. The writing's ad- on the wall. I mean, or the targeting advertising just isn't reaching me. You know, because um, nobody's seeing. I'm not seeing any ads or stories about NFTs. No, I, I think as soon as the economy started crumbling a bit, mm-hmm. the NFTs went away. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because NFTs are really kind of a luxury item, aren't they? Because they, they're not they valued really on anything. I mean, no, it, it takes a lot of uh, investment mm-hmm. to get into it because it's like computers and cooling systems and you know, hours of data mining or whatever. Anyway, blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs are in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, uh, a non-fungible token, you know, some digital image or whatever is only there to be sold. Uh-huh. Uh, if I bought a car, I can drive it, do things with it, and then eventually sell it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I buy a house, I can live in it and then eventually sell it. If you buy an NFT, all you do is store it until you sell it. It does absolutely nothing for you. Mm-hmm. You, you can't borrow money against it unless you're borrowing <coughs> money from some other idiot, not from a banking system. Yeah. Uh, you can't street. use it as collateral and a loan. No. Um, it's just, it's it's a way to tie your money up and, where and you can't use it, can't access it, until you sell that NFT and no longer have it. Yeah. Which means you have to find somebody who's willing to pay more than you. Otherwise, it fails. Yeah. So, And then I started thinking, that really kind of applies to everything if people decide this doesn't have value it doesn't and I started thinking about physical items but then I realized it really goes well beyond that like uh, the sound of Tiny Tim singing at one you know if you have to look up who Tiny Tim was um, he's like a kind I encourage of a, you to anyhow whether you give a shit or not physically he's kind of a cross interesting the, character Physically, he physically, he's kind of a cross between Alice Cooper and Weird Al Yankovic, mm-hmm. but he sang in a super high falsetto, and, and he had a lot of personal quirks. Oh boy! Like <laughs> he wore anyway, diapers. Remember? Yes, yes. He didn't. He didn't use them. He just felt that they were better than underwear because it's you know you don't have to wash them or anything. <laughs> anyway, there was a period of time when a sound recording of. Um, Tiny Tim singing was worth something. You know, it was a physical thing, like a tape or a, uh-huh. a, an album or something. But now, just the idea of Tiny Tim's voice and listening to him sing is worth so little that nobody's willing to even invest much time to gather his performances Let or alone digitize money. them or yeah. try to sell them. Or so. so, there's an example of something that I, I've got one for you. Used to be worth something. Now, just really isn't worth anything at all. Let's say baseball. Yeah. Baseball, you can probably really legitimately say, has lost probably 20% of its popularity over maybe the last 10, 15 years, right? Mm, yeah. For I all different so. types of reasons. All yeah. different types of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Trying to point one reason, no, there's lots. No, there's lots, lots, lots of lots different lots. reasons. You don't even have to go into the strike or anything like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of other reasons, the time of the game, um, <clears throat> the lack of physical contact. I mean, 
Hey, I mean, the world has become much more violent, and people, I think, inherently like more violent sports. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's like soccer. They're not supposed to have contact, but they do. Hockey. You know, and hockey, <laughs> yeah. So Basketball. Um, basketball, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of – it's lost a lot of its uh, market and flair. And, uh, yeah. um, and it was the great American pastime for years but it is not anymore and it has not been no so one of these days you could say that someone's gonna hey i'm gonna start a baseball team and people might turn around and go why Mm -hmm. no one's like that in 30 years yeah or like the art of tap dancing that's another good one does anyone really care about that anymore maybe in donnie osmond 50 or 100 years tap dancing will have a resurgence and it'll be worth something and be valuable Donnie Osmond posters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see them going away. Or like the skill of... We need to bring one down. He can be our mascot. There you go. Big cardboard cutout. Yeah. Or like the physical skill of shoveling coal into a boiler to power your locomotive. Yeah. For a while, that was a really valuable skill. And now they don't over the course it. of a few years, it became something that nobody wanted, nobody needed, and everybody who's trained to do that needed to find a new job. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things that you know you may invest a lot of your self worth and personality and life into it that someday it just turns out not to be worth anything at all. Fidget spinners. There's another one. Oh, fidget spinners is a great example. Mm-hmm. I mean, like all kidding aside and all this tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, well, you're coming up with legitimate stuff, but honestly, fidget spinners is one of the best examples you can give. Yeah. People were nuts about them. would give all kinds of money for them at one time. Yep. Now try to sell one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, no, you go ahead and keep it. Yeah. I'll mark it down 50%. Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. Well, if I give it to you. That's still okay. Try going back to like 2005 uh-huh. and look at the videos that the first wave of influencers was putting out and look at the kind of childish, ridiculous, amateurish crap that was out there that people were losing their minds over. You know, being like that anymore would have zero value. Yeah. Everything has moved well beyond it. So even in something as artificial as social media influencing, there's been a huge shift in what's considered desirable and, and, and fashionable and what isn't. Yeah. It, it uh, surprises me that people are willing to land on something and say, this, this is it forever. From now on, this will never change. Everything's always changed. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Our friends NPR, I remember them going off on a big story about cryptocurrency. And they, you know, he was starting to talk about cryptocurrency, and then he interrupted himself and he said, and it is here to stay. <laughs> and then he went back to his stories. Like he felt like he really needed to make that extra point. And I thought, he's heavily invested in it, either financially or emotionally. He's desperate that he wants it to work. Yeah. So he's not going to see anything other than, yeah, it's going to work. It has to work. I need it to work. I want it to work. You know, and if you can surround yourself with millions of other people who feel that way, then I guess it is working. But as soon as people decide it isn't real and doesn't have value, you know, when people start deciding banks like the Silicon Valley Bank, I was wondering if you were going to get to that, yes. They just, you know, one day they woke up and it's like, yeah. 
this bank really isn't much of a bank anymore. And nah. it just, it, poof, overnight. Nah. It's just gone. Nobody gave a shit. The bank is gone. The money's not gone. The money is in other people's hands. Yes. The money didn't vanish into thin air. It didn't cease to exist. It's just in other people's well, I mean, now. it's just the fix is on, and it always yeah. has been. Uh-huh. I mean, what happened to all the money in 08 when all the banks crashed? Yeah. Well, what happened is, is they said, well, that old money's gone now. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. It went to the banks. <laughs> then the banks came back and said, well, we lost all this money on these houses because you allowed us to once again buy insurance mm-hmm. on, on default mortgages. Mm-hmm. So the banks got the first wave of them. Yep. Then they got the second wave of money, and then they got the third wave of money, which came from us, the taxpayers, uh-huh. to bail them out. Uh-huh. So the whole thing is, is it was a three-dip scam on the American public. Yeah. And then that's exactly what we're talking about. Everything that we're talking about here now is the same thing. That's exactly what's going to happen. I should, I should uh, have my house burned down. And then I'll make a claim against my insurance and get fully reimbursed, and they'll build me a new house and buy me new stuff. Why couldn't you? And there's my first dip. For my second dip, I'm going to scream and yell and whine and cry to the local community for grants, funds, et cetera, et cetera. There's my second dip. And then third, I'll start a GoFundMe page and say, my house burned down and I lost everything. And then I'll just you know, not mention that I've already got insurance and I've already been paid back. And then I'll get a bailout from everybody across the country. And if you get caught, people will defend you. And that's what the banks did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It works for them, but gosh, it doesn't work for us, so it does it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it doesn't. Oh, um, uh, boy. And here's, here's another difference that I was, I don't know, maybe the moment's passed, but I was going to try to make is. Oh, go ahead. Like, say you buy something on speculation. You know, I spend speculators fuck a lot of stuff oh, up God. because they drive the price up so high mm-hmm. because they're speculating it's going to do this or that. Mm-hmm. So once you have enough people speculating, it becomes that. Yeah, and that that was a big thing that drove the depression Oil, of 1929. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is the okay. rampant speculation and people not only borrowing money they couldn't pay it back, but then spending the money they haven't even made yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's you know that's what people try to do with NFTs, but but seriously, you could buy say I buy a, a, an artwork that's currently valued at five thousand, mm-hmm. and last ten years it's gone up from thirty five hundred to five thousand, so it's got a good history of growth. And then I sit on it, and my art expert in ten years says, hey, well now it's worth seventy five hundred, and then you know, a few years later, hey, now it's worth ninety five hundred. It's like but that isn't real money. No, you're right. That's what I would get if I sold it right then. But people take a look at that and say, hey, I've made $4,500, so I'm going to go spend that $4,500. <laughs> you yeah. don't have that money yet, and you no, won't until right. you sell the item. But they, they look at the appreciation of the value of the item, and then they say, I'm going to spend that money. And when they can't, then they go take out a loan yeah, on that on that increase and uh-huh. put it up, and then if they can pay it back, great. If they can't, then they lose what they've invested in. Mm-hmm. Or if the item they even say that artwork, say I borrow forty five hundred dollars against it, <clears throat> and before I can pay it back, the value of that artwork goes down to thirty five bucks because it's been shown to be a fake. I still owe that forty five hundred dollars. And I've got to pay it back. And now the item that I was borrowing against is worthless. 
<laughs> See, this is where a lot of people get into with NFTs, cryptocurrencies, things that don't do anything for you until you sell them. Yeah, I don't like that. I'd rather invest in like a hatchet. I can chop down Me a too. tree and get some firewood, and then if I want to sell the hatchet, I can sell it. Yeah. But investing in something that doesn't exist and hoping it's worth something later while it still doesn't exist? Nah, no, eh, thank you. Not for me. I think I can find much better things to sink money into. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and there may be examples where that really works out, and I just don't know about it. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think I'm ever going to have so much money that I'm going to be willing to risk it like that and put my faith in my fellow human being to bail out my investment. Please, humans, find this valuable 10 years from now when I'm ready to sell it. Please, please. I'm going to rely on that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, well. Yeah, well. No, this world isn't for me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm over 60 now, so, you know. That's actually a good point. The world doesn't exist for me. It's, it's moved, it's stayed with the younger generation, which I used to be a part of, but am not anymore. Same here. Nothing is, uh, nothing's here for me, I can tell you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the way it should be, because when I was 20, if public, if culture and, and public entertainment was all catering to the 60 and 70-year-olds, that would have sucked. It would have, because, I mean, what could you go do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, man. Now that I am 60, you know, I wish that public entertainment would cater to me, but I understand that it doesn't, because I'm not the big spender anymore. Yeah. So, I can handle it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> this one is whatever. Mm-hmm. So there you are digging through your papers. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're talking about stuff, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to go into next. Do you have something you want to uh, talk about, or you want me to go into some stuff? How about that feeling when? I like that. You brought up that term the other day, and I decided I wanted to try to use it. That I really like that one. I thought that was pretty good. That feeling when. Someone tries to pressure you into doing something that you don't want to do or aren't ready to do yet. Uh-huh. That sucks out loud. Yeah. That, that feeling sucks right out loud. <laughs> and you know who usually does that to us? Who? People that we care about. Yeah. Because they're in a position. Now, a lot of times it's your boss. And, yeah. you know, in that situation it's like, well, you're paying my wage, so I've got a reason. But if a friend comes up and says, oh, man, I really need you to drive me over to this guy's house, like, right now. And you're sick as a dog, your car is broken, uh, you have no gas, you're about to watch a TV show, and you're about to fall asleep. So they're pressuring to do you to do something that, by God, you really don't want to do. That's true. And some, kind, some cases, you're just like, nah, man, I can't help you, can't do it. Or, you know, I was going to do that later, but... Oh, God, you want me to just do it now? I'm not ready yet. Yeah, That sucks so hard. Yeah. And yep. people wheedle and whine, Come on, come on, please, come on. That gets my hair up right away when people start doing that. <laughs> it's kind of on the lines of, I want to live my life this way. Uh-huh. And I want you to live your life my way, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do what I want to do. And I want you to do it with me, whether you want to or not. Yeah. I'm going to make you do this with me. Yeah. It's really selfish and Mm short-sighted, too. It's kind of like a, 
this guy won't mind if I poke at him enough. Yeah. No, probably he minds more. Mm-hmm. But he's just getting tired of hearing the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a work situation. You know, you're a cop and your partner says, man, there's that 20 grand just sitting there right on the street. We should take a few hundred dollars ourselves. And he's pressuring you into doing it. And you're like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want it for a couple of hundred bucks, blow my career and wind up in jail. No, I don't want it. Not worth but it. But he's pressuring you. And if you don't do it, then he can't do it. And he's going to resent you forever. Or he's going to do it and you don't. And then he's not going to trust you That's a pretty you good example. Again. And then either way, uh-huh. you're losing, you know. You, yeah. You, yeah. You've been put in a situation where you were minding your business and suddenly you're going to lose either way. Because somebody else expects something from you. But then again, let me, let me put this out here too. Mm-hmm. Okay. The guy that does that to you yeah. isn't really your friend. No, anyhow. he's not. <laughs> but the, I chose that example in particular because if you're a cop and you don't back the other cops, mm. regardless of whether they're right or wrong, you got to back them. You're right. Or you're done. You're right. You really are. You're not part of the club anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, you let us down. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. So there's, I mean, it all kind of ties together. Yeah, into, it does. You know, the pressure to be other than what you really are mm-hmm. comes yeah. from all sources. Yeah, it does. Well, well I mean, I think there's, that's, uh, there's so much mental illness and things like that in America because mm-hmm. of that. People are not allowed to really uh, come forth with stuff because of stereotypes and stigmas and all mm-hmm. that. So, you know. But I found a really good defense. It's a good first defense is care a whole lot less about what other people think of you. That is, that's the best defense right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And it's also probably great advice. Yeah. You know, that guy at work who's kind of your buddy and you really want to get along with him, but you really want to, don't want to do what he's pressuring you to do, it's like, don't do it and then don't care that he's not your friend anymore. Don't yes. let that be the reason why no. you would betray yourself. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I saw another... A, a, saying like that the other day is is when someone gets you to betray yourself or destroy yourself in order to prove your love you need to just get away from that person mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that will turn into that they will see how far they can push you oh and if you keep falling for time. it keep going along with it they're like wow what can i make him do tomorrow <laughs> i had a friend like that in uh, in junior high it's a bizarre game who uh, he liked to do things against the rules, but he discovered it was more fun to get me to do them and watch me squirm and get uncomfortable. And he kept egging me on to do more and more wow. things. Yeah. At a certain point, it was just like, nah. You know what? I like being your friend, but not at this price. Yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly, he was okay with that. He was like, okay, you've reached your limit. I won't press you anymore. So yeah. he respected the boundary. Is like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. He's like, all right. But some some people were like, no, you got to dance when I tell you to dance. Yeah. So identify those people, remove them from your remove life. Remove them from your life. Yes. <laughs> and then don't care that they're mad at you. Just no. don't care. Well, that's part of removing them from your life. If if you really remove them from your life, mm-hmm. they can be mad at you indefinitely forever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody that I cut out of my life about. 15 years ago uh-huh. and I have no idea how he feels about me and I have no urge to find out I just don't really care I could go look him up and yeah. find out 
and see, you know, maybe things are different, maybe that's, but nah. Nah, I don't, I don't need him to like me, I don't want him to like me, I don't need or want any kind of relation. I cut him out of my life for a reason. No, 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 there's people that like that with me too, and I know what you mean, and, um. For all I know, there's some big Facebook site dedicated to him hating on me. And if he wants to do that, fine, I don't care. Yeah. No, that's the art of what you're doing right there is, is, mm-hmm. is it doesn't matter. But how many times as a kid did your parents say, oh, you better do that. You don't want anyone to be mad at you. You're a being, lot. Yeah, you're being trained from a child. Betray yourself so other people don't get mad. Yeah. And when you're a little kid, sometimes you got to do what the adults tell you. But it's a lesson you learn is always do whatever people, other people expect of you or they'll be mad at you. You know what? I don't care if they're mad at me. I'm going to do me. You know, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I do. And if they don't like it, then oh, we'll move away from each other. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. s- <laughs> but the idea of oh, he's mad at you, you better change. Be true uh, to yourself. No. <laughs> nope. Don't think so. That worked way back then. Doesn't work now. Nope. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Mm. So, I turn over my notebook and there's a blank page, so I'm kind of coming to the end of all my inspirations here. We'll have to wing it. Okay, well, I got some stuff. <laughs> okay. I got some odd facts. Oh, oh shit. shit. What's, What's that, that over there? there? Oh, oh, no. It's, it's the island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. jokes. I can't take my dog to the lake. The ducks keep attacking him. That's what I get for having a purebred dog. Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags in a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Two ass bags and a box of Cheez Its will be right back. Yeah, it's been interesting watching her career jump around these last, uh, what's it, six, eight months now? Something like that. Something we, like we, we it hasn't her. even been a year. We like her, but it was very odd how she uh, um, jumped out of Alice Cooper's band. Yeah. And then, I didn't know it, but she went solo first. Right. She recorded an album. And then um, she went... And put a band together, and she made a big deal about how she's not singing on the album, because people said, oh, are you singing? And they said, no, I can't sing. I play the guitar. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then next thing you know, she's with Demi Lovato. Yeah, and Alice was still touring, so it's not like, you know, yeah. there was no ability to go out and play. <clears throat> and he's been touring nonstop. I mean, he's, he's constantly all over the place. Um, so before Nita was Orianthe, mm-hmm. and she'd made her bones playing in a lot of other uh, studio settings and a lot of other acts, etc., um, Nita came in and kind of made her reputation playing in the Alice Cooper band. Yeah. Um, a lot of times she doesn't play the whole show. She comes in about halfway through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when they do a lot of the old stuff, uh, she's not necessarily there. But then for the more, you know, from like 90, 1990 on, she's there and playing a lot of that stuff. Uh, she decided to leave his touring band. She was, she was, I don't think, ever in the recording band. And joined Demi Lovato. And the explanation she gave at the time was uh, she felt that she was a good ambassador for high-speed shredder-type music, and she wanted to 
popularized that in Demi Lovato's style of music, which is more pop with slight R&B leanings. Yeah. And it'd be like, you know, when you injected rap into rock and roll or country or you injected horns into um, rock and roll or an orchestra into country. It's like, you know, merging some musical genres. So it wasn't a bad idea, but it just didn't really seem to be a good fit. Yeah. Um, So I saw some some pictures and some videos of Nita on stage uh, playing with Demi Lovato's band. And uh, she really wasn't doing much. I mean, she was playing some leads, but she was not nearly as active or vibrant on stage as she was when I saw her with Alice. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a different type of music. Of course, it doesn't really fit in. That and, type of a, of a consumer would just want to see the front act. That would be Demi Lovato. Yeah, yeah. And everything else is secondary because it's not Lovato. Yeah, yeah, I think for the style of music and, as you're saying, the type of people, whoever's in the backup band doesn't really matter. No. You know, it's the singer, the person in front, and everybody else is just motion going on in the background. So, and then briefly there was the kind of a girl power thing going because a number of the people in her band Until Lovato became him? No, it's actually prior to this, she said she identifies as a them and they. She says she doesn't consider, well, she... Demi De Lovato doesn't consider herself male or female. She's, you know, a neutral something in between. So that's how she prefers to be thought of. Mm-hmm. So for someone to suggest, you know, Nita Strauss and Demi Lovato girl power, no, Nita is a girl, identifies as a girl. Demi does not. Yeah, that's right. And to Good push point. Demi Lovato into a girl power situation would be wrong. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she just says she doesn't fit. It's her yeah. choice. So they drop that whole aspect. Uh, Alice hired Kane Roberts, mm-hmm. big, tall, muscle, bodybuilder kind of guy, super shredder, you know, 80s style super shredder kind of guy. What album did he come in on? I forgot. Um, it was... It wasn't Poison. It was it? either Raise Your Fist and Yell Raise or Constrictor. Your fist and yell. I, it was mid-80s. Could have been Constrictor. Yeah. yeah. Those two came out pretty close together. Yeah, they did. So I can't remember which came There's first, but I think year, he was on like both of those. Like a year between space between yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. That's why he's having Desmond Child and those guys right for him. Yeah. Kip Winger was his bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, was it Ken Mary was his, was playing? No, Ken Mary might have been later. Jonathan Mover, I think, was his drummer. But anyway, far afield here. Anyway, so Kane oh, Roberts well. came back and... Uh, he, he knows a lot of the material already. He's worked yeah. with Alice a lot of years before. He's an excellent guitarist, you know, great skills. But as, as he himself had said, he's not a very good fit anymore. Yeah. Because Alice's music keeps changing and After growing. After we talked about it, I see it, but I always liked him. I mean, he's a great guitarist. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He's, he's a big guy, you know, obviously uh-huh. spent a lot of time working out and taking care of himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. I always had a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Seemed like a decent guy. But like, uh, think of, we talked about earlier, Linda Ronstadt. Gorgeous mm-hmm. voice, wonderful singer, great Reason entertainer. Reason roller skates. But she would not fit as the singer of Black Sabbath. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Um, so Kane Roberts was kind of feeling like, you know, mm, there was a time when I fit in this band, but I really don't fit anymore. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah. And then we learned that Nita Strauss wants to come back in. Apparently yeah. this whole thing with Demi Lovato kind of failed. Yeah. Um, 
so now she wants to come back and be a full-time member of this touring band. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's going to continue to pursue her solo work, because as I understood it, she had the solo material recorded and the album out. Mm -hmm. She got the band together. She was starting to tour, did a few dates, and then shut all that down to join Demi Lovato's live band. And at the time, people were going, what? You, you, you worked your whole career to get to the point where you're a solo act, and now that you are, you're two steps in, you're dumping it and going back to being somebody's guitar player. Yeah. Eh, something about it just... I don't understand. There's more it, to it than we've been told. Yeah, and they don't want people to know, obviously. Yeah. And it's probably, you know, reputations to be ruined, or, you know, it would affect album sales, or who knows. Probably all the above. So, Dem, uh, Demi is doing whatever they do. I guess that's the term. I and, guess. And uh, Need is back with Alice. And uh, so, this September, the uh, Freaks on Parade Tour is coming. <laughs> and you and I have tickets. Yes. Uh, it's uh, Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper and Filter and Ministry. That'll be a great show. That should be a very loud show. <laughs> be there. Anybody going, be there for Ministry. You've got to see them. I'm looking forward to Filter. I, oh, like, filter, a, I yeah. like a number of Filters yeah, tunes. Yeah, they, they did really good. I yeah. mean, they only came out with, what, two albums or three? I'm not really sure, but and they've if they have that few albums, they've sure been able to keep their career going because they continue to to play and do stuff. Maybe I just and, never heard any of the other ones, Yeah, maybe they just weren't all that commercially successful. That could be. They had the unsung... <laughs> Which yeah. everybody thought sounded like Ozzy was Sabbath, which I didn't think it did, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, so maybe when they come in September, uh, Nita will be uh, back in his in his live band, which I, would be fun to see. Look, she's great to look at, so yeah, why not? <laughs> and uh, I like her. I have her on Instagram. She's fun. It's fun to see her interacting with everybody on the stage. I mean, it looks like it's a blast up there. Uh, yeah, really I mean, she's just one of the guys up there. She's yeah. out there just jamming, and uh-huh. yeah, everybody's having a blast. Yeah, yeah. So. if you're in Alice Cooper's band, uh, number one, you're going to get treated well, treated mm-hmm. fairly. Yes. Uh, number two, you're going to have to have a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> and number three, as long as you do your job and do it well and don't cause problems... You can pretty much use that as a springboard to anything else you want, and Alice will help you. Because he's promoted the careers of a lot of people that come through his band. So getting into Alice's band is like a career goal for a lot of people. It is, yeah. (laughs) There are limited spaces, but... Yeah. Yeah, once you're in there, why would you get out? Why would you give it up? I I don't know either. That's what I always wondered is, how come he had all these faces? But uh, here's something interesting. You were talking about the Kip Winger and how uh, they, he got trashed by Beavis and Butthead and Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, James Hetfield has apologized yes, to Kip Winger for... But Lars Yurk never did. Never will, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> that sounds about right, too, because I think James Hetfield does give a shit now. Yeah. Lars is just a little piece of trash. Yeah. So, never really cared for Lars. No, me neither. Here we are, returned. Yes. It's rather quiet here. We've kind of outlasted everybody. We have. Uh, yeah, This um, we had to come here in the afternoon as opposed to the morning. Probably a better idea since we're just wearing booty shorts. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still a little chilly, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this chair is kind of cool. 
I'm sorry about the pictures I took earlier. I was just trying to promote everything. I wasn't trying well, to be a creep, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, I shouldn't it comes have went the from, territory. I shouldn't have went from the under going up. <laughs> I, I overstepped my boundaries. I'm sorry. Ain't nobody want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cop did come over and ask if you needed assistance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I guess he I, thought I, I it showed was him. I showed him on the doll where you touched me. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And then he said he didn't give a shit, and he <laughs> he said you asked for it wearing that. He said grow a pair, and then walked away. So. Yeah, yeah. He was and, old school. And I automatically questioned. I go, they're not that tight, are they? <laughs> so anyhow, I have some odd facts. If you're ready for some odd facts, ready for some odd facts. All right. Okay. Did you know that? 71% of office workers stopped on the street for a survey agreed to give up their computer passwords in exchange for a chocolate bar. Oh, my God. I would never do that. My God, it takes an act of God to get new ones. Wow. I you wonder, did they actually try the password and make sure that people weren't lying about it? or You know what? That's what it is. They're smarter than me. They just fucking lied about just it. Just give them a bad password. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My password is uh, idiot Joe fifty seven. <laughs> now give me my chocolate bar, fuckface. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> An electric chair was invented by a dentist. Oh, what a weird ass dentist. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. Was he that one from Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what we can open your bottle with. I, yeah, I know. I'm trying to do it in a... Um, okay, let's see. Uh, oh gosh, some of these I think I read before, but you know what? I don't give a shit. Um, let's see. People don't tune in, tune in every time anyway, so you know what, we can right. repeat a little bit. You know what? You're right. Um, let's see. Ancient Egyptians slept on pillows made of stone. Oh, gosh. I think the Japanese have really, really hard pillows, too. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's a reason they do that, though, because they could have soft ones. Um, I forgot what the reason was of why they said they... I like it. You're looking for something I can use, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I found something. Hang on a second. Oh, you did? Ta-da! Thank you. Magical. <laughs> Good shit. Yep. You know, I could have had it open in there, but I was like, no, I'm going to save it for later. Then I got here, I'm like, no, I'm going to open it up. (laughs) It's not a twist-off, so. Mm. All right. Dr. Samuel A. Mudd was a physician who set the leg of Lincoln's assassin, Mm -hmm. John Wilkes Booth, and whose uh, shame created the expression for agnomacy. His name is Mudd. Yeah. Yeah, yep, I Did remember that Did you know that, that where it came from? I had no fucking idea what his name yeah, was Mud. Because, you know, Mud is, you know, just kind of an icky, gross thing. I, I remember when I learned Benedict Arnold was a real person. Oh, I thought you didn't it was know just that? something all made up. You know, I was a little kid. It's like, isn't that just made up name? You know no, it was a real person. Probably the same here, too. I just don't remember it. Yeah. Because you just always hear, that's a real Benedict Arnold, and you mm-hmm. just think it's like a phrase. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Wayne's World was filmed in two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I, not at all. That's Matter of fact, amazing. I think it's a little bit longer than I thought it was filmed in. <laughs> because you have to look at the actors involved, number one. Yeah. Number one, they're very good at sketch comedy and quickness. And improv. And improv. Yeah. So anything that wasn't supposed to be in there, they can make it look like it was anyhow. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you have, uh, what's his name? Um, the star. 
Mike uh, Myers. Mike Myers. And then you have uh, Garth, yeah. Dana, Dana, Dana Carvey. Carvey. Yeah. And uh, then I forgot the uh, Asian uh, chick. Uh, um, Tia Carrere. Yeah. And she was real good at that, too. Mm-hmm. Rob Lowe was in it. Rob Lowe was really good at sketch comedy, uh-huh. which he showed, being the creep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was a... I think it took two weeks just so they could, like, you know, get it down to two hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because I could see, like, them filming, like, half of it in three days just mm-hmm. because of the cast. Let's see. Ed O'Neill from Married with Children yeah. was the diner guy. Yeah, yeah, which he's another great sketch uh-huh. comedy guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. think that, yeah. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yep. <clears throat> the first four, I know this, and I know you know this, too. The first Fords had engines made by Dodge. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were like brothers. Wow. Funny. More than 8,100 U.S. troops are still listed and missing in action from the Korean War. Mm. I thought it was higher than that. They must have found some. I guess so, yeah. Because like 20 years ago, I think it was over 10,000. So they must have figured some DNA stuff out or something. Yeah, and I I think that number would be much, much smaller if... North Korea was run by a different person. <laughs> and he's he's being a pain in the ass on purpose. Yeah, because he's a uh, I mean, little Dennis Rodman over there fucking yeah. fucking blowing each other. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I see Dennis Rodman in person down there at Ocean Manor. Yeah. The guy's a fucking tool bag. Mm. And anyone that go over there and trade us like that, and I, no. No, he doesn't deserve to be here. And you can take him out however you want. I don't care. You yeah. can throw him in the it's ocean, like you can shoot James. him in the head. Yeah, no, that's like Hanoi Jane. You could shoot her in the fucking head, and I would watch and pay money, because that bitch right there made our people die. I would never shed a single tear for whatever bad happens to Jane. Fuck Fonda. no, Hanoi Jane. If you like her, you're a fucking asshole, and get off of this podcast. Fuck you. Or at least, if you like her, you're incredibly ignorant, and you need to look up what she did. Look up what done. she did. You're right. If you like her, you don't know. If you like her and you listen to this podcast, you don't know what she's done. Uh huh. She spent millions and millions of dollars trying to spin and erase her crime. Yeah. But, no, she did it. She did it. The I guys know. who were there, who she did it to, testified about it and said, yeah, she did it. She took these, uh, <laughs> she took these fucking notes that they were sending back to their family to let them know that they're still alive and they loved them and fucking threw them away. Mm, and then she turned on. Told, oh, well, no, go ahead. Go it ahead. Was, There's more was, than that. It I was, was just, during the Vietnam War. And she went over and visited North Vietnam and was uh, advocating that North Vietnam was good and kind and the true government in South Vietnam was horrible and evil and terrible, which is exactly opposite of U.S. government interests at the time. She was photographed uh, manning an anti-aircraft gun in North Korea with a helmet on and a grin on her face. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was taken to a prisoner of war camp and she they, they trotted out some prisoners to show her how well they were treated of course they just brought out the ones in the best condition yeah and when these men had heard that Jane Fonda was coming they're like great you know this is this is our chance to slip her some notes and, and you know try to get a message back to our loved ones back in the states that were still alive so when they lined the men up she went down the line cursing them, calling them baby killers, saying, aren't you ashamed for being an imperialist puppet? Aren't you, don't you feel like a horrible person? And they thought, okay, she's playing a, a, an act, and they slipped her all these notes. She got down to the end of the line, she handed all those notes over to the North Korean guards. 
And all of those men were beaten, and several of them died. died, yes. Yes. And the men who were there and were beaten, and Haster notes, have testified, yes, this happened, this is true, this Mm -hmm. is reality. Jane Fonda and her crew have spent millions of dollars trying to hide the fact, trying to discredit it, trying to spin it, but the reality is she did that. She She she's a traitor. She is If there had been an actual declaration of war at the time, then she could have been executed on returning to the U.S. And I would have found it personally... Very satisfying. Very satisfying. Yes. <laughs> I would have laughed... I won't watch Jane Fonda movies. Well, she Jane took Fonda her last movies. breath on live I, I fucking TV. I won't look at a single Jane. I mean, my no. wife watches some movies occasionally that Jane Fonda's in, but I don't even want to be in the room because I'll, she I, just pisses me off. I turn the motherfucker off. Yeah. I don't want them getting one second of fucking... I don't want them to get one fucking credit from me, one listenership from me, because I hate her that bad. You know, watching Jane Fonda would be like watching Jared Vogel do more ads and grin and jump around. Yeah. No, they're they're scum and need to go away, and I never have anything. Yep. I don't have new use for either one of them ever again. Yep. <laughs> no, same here. So, um, let's see. As of Nasty January 1st, 2004, sorry, moving right along yeah, here. here. I mean. Go. Yeah, we both hate her, and she's. And if you guys don't always look this stuff up, it's don't true. take our word for it. Yeah. yeah, go look it up. Yeah, and there's more. There's more than that too. But anyhow, as of January first, two thousand four, the population of the United States increases by one person every twelve seconds. There's a birth every eight seconds, an immigrant is added every twenty-five seconds, and a death every thirteen seconds. So that evens out to every twelve seconds. There's an, an extra person here. Yes. Wow. Yep. Five five people a minute. Which would be 30 people an hour. Yeah. No, no, it would be more than that. It would be 300 people an hour. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Great Fire of 19... Oh, no, 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 1666, half of London was, dirt, was uh, burnt down, but only six people were injured. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? Damn, they slow no moving emerg- fire? I guess. Wow. Total was paid $125 per week while filming The Wizard of Oz. Wow, the dog got paid. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Toto, they're coming to town, I think, tomorrow? Uh, they are. Is tomorrow the 28th or 29th? Oh, you want to be by your side? Rosanna, yep, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow at the Uptown Theater. I come think on, they're only... Come on with me. Does everyone to only be with you? <laughs> Meet you all the way. <laughs> It's a good drum beat. Okay, anyhow. Uh, I think there's only two original members, Steve Lukather, Lukather and one other guy, so. That's about it, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's not much of Toto left. Uh, no, no, no. Jeff Percaro no. was dead. How about us on Toto, huh? Yeah. yeah. A little extra bonus there. Yeah. All right, Pat's on the back. We move on. <laughs> uh, the only member of the band ZZ Top without a beard... His last name was Beard. Yep, Frank Beard. (laughs) (laughs) The electric chair was invented by... uh, Damn it, somebody's repeated. The Dauntis. Let's see. Off we go for that one. In Egypt, around 1500 BC, a shaved head was considered the ultimate in feminine beauty. Hmm. Egyptian women removed every hair from their heads with special gold tweezers and polished their scalps to a high sheen with buffing cloths. Wow. I wonder if her heads got really hot. I would think they get sunburned, too. You yeah, know. like... 
I guess if you polish your your scalp to a high gloss, maybe you would reflect a lot of sunlight yeah. and not burn so much. But... I could see them on their tin cans calling each other. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Verna, what are you doing? Get <laughs> my scalp polished. But wouldn't they have to speak in hieroglyphics? Oh, that's right. So yeah, they'd they would. say like you know, standing bird and triangle <laughs> and marsh grasses and then boat and then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Some ancient mummy, Egyptian mummy curse has just landed on me for saying that. So. Okay, here, here it is. Standing bird. <laughs> Marsh grass, canoe, paddle, and three people standing in a line. Skip, hop, and jump. <laughs> okay, <laughs> George Lumley, age 104, married Mary Dunning, age 10, in North Ellington, England, on August 25th, 18, 1783. She was the great-great-granddaughter of the woman who broke in her engagement to Lumley eight years before. 104 and 10. Wow. Talk about revenge. You, you talk about someone like Helga Grudge. You fucking bitch. I'm not going to get your granddaughter. I'm not going to get your great-grand. I'm going to get your great-great-fucking-granddaughter, bitch. That's probably the only reason he stayed alive (laughs) is so he could marry this woman. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Wow. Well, the good news is back in 1925, they didn't have Viagra. So yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. So they they weren't doing yeah, it. Yeah, that old man just kind of waved his ten year old. He probably bride took his very died. fucking limp penis, <laughs> all fucking strung out, hanging out there like a string, kind of like a probably just balloon. stuck it on her vagina. And said, "There, task done. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Technically, technically, I did it." In Elizabethtown, England, the spoon was so novel and prized that people carried their own folding spoons to banquets. Oh, wow. A personal spoon. Yeah. yeah. You know that there's a wide, large group of people who feel that the spork is the devil's utensil. I agree with that. Because it's it's an unnatural pairing of the feminine spoon and the masculine fork into this weird cross-gender implement that does nothing well. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they're oh, blaming wow. it on Satan. <laughs> I'll go with that. So here you go. Satan invented the spork. Yeah. You heard it here first. I'll go one more. We're in Elizabethton, England, right? Yeah. yeah. And I got my spoon. I'm like, Christopher? Yes. Look what I have. Ooh, a nice spoon. Yeah, look at that. It unfolds. Oh, how clever. I know. Watch this. I'm going to go fuck with these people. (laughs) Excuse me, sirs. Could I have some of those beans? Why, you don't have a fork, sir. Yes, I do. (laughs) Oh, shit. Why don't you walk up behind those people and smack them right in the nans with that spoon? I think that's a <laughs> tremendous idea, Christopher. <laughs> it's going to be all the rage in about 300 years. Watch this. Just... <laughs> <laughs> now remember, Robbie wants you, if you're a young male, I mean not like real, real young. I'm, we're talking like in their like mid-20s. and Legal up. age. Yeah. yeah, legal age, mid-20s. So you can be a male anything. in his inbox. Yeah. Yeah. But you could be a male human, a, a male tortoise, yeah, yeah. Uh, a male corn plant. Yes, yes. <laughs> a male pet rock. Robbie, you're used to this. You should have <laughs> known it. You stepped in it the other night when you got on the podcast. Yeah. You're like the guy who passed out first at the party. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. never a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the piss drinker. Yeah. 
<laughs> or the guy that got the board to the ass. <laughs> yeah. I saw a meme the other day. It was pretty funny. The, the top picture showed this guy who was passed out. Uh-huh. He had makeup all over his face. The word penis was written on his forehead. His teeth were blacked out. Just all sorts. And it said, you know, the first person to fall asleep at the party, 1985. Mm-hmm. And then the second picture was the exact same picture. And it said, young man going out for a night on the town, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look that one up. I love that. That was funny as hell. The thing is, it's fucking very true. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> um, it costs more to buy a car today in the United States than it costs Christopher Columbus to equip and undertake three voyages to the New World. Oh my God! And I find that very believable in because look power, at what they wow, had back then. That's yeah, insane. It seems insane, but think about it. I mean, back then they're enamored with a fucking rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. or yeah. a sharp piece of steel. It was like, uh, look what I have. Here, here's my boat. I mm-hmm. want that sharp, jagged piece of steel mm-hmm. that I can't use on anything. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the watch that you're wearing on your wrist has more computing power than the computers that they used to send three men to the moon in 1969. The computers back in 1969. Oh yeah, I remember reading that. Four K yeah. of RAM. That's four thousand. Now we're talking like. 16 gigabytes. Yeah, gigabytes, yeah. Is, but this was, that's, you know, 16 billion. This was 4,000. Wow. And that was enough to get to the moon and back. And now we turn on our insanely powerful phones and we still can't connect to the fucking internet. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, here's one. The guys at work have been getting me into, okay, when I was younger, I was into Diablo, really big time. There's a new one coming out, Diablo Yeah, Ford. and they're getting me into it, and there's one online where you can get on your phone, and I cannot believe the graphics are just so superior oh, to anything yeah. I Di- had Diablo then. Diablo Immortal, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Immortal, or Diablo 1, 2, Immortal, Hellfire, Patch Kit, all this stuff. You know, I've seen ads now for phones where they emphasize the gaming capabilities. I, I'll tell you what, I, well, I'm not going to show you now, but I'll show you later because mm-hmm. it takes a minute to get on there, but... It is insane how yeah. nice it is. And this yeah. is on a phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I had this huge fucking huge uh, um, desktop back then mm-hmm. that could barely get the job done. Yeah. It was glitchy and all yeah. that. And, uh, and the graphics weren't that good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. Yeah, now it's like. Well, here's something that I've never understood. Remember when. You full ganja? Yeah, I was just going to mention something about yeah, that in a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> um. In remember when full motion video started coming out for video games? Yes. And it was low quality video. It was kind of jerky. It didn't load all that reliably. It didn't look all sound all that great. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at a computer and thinking, "Here's all this computing power, and it's got the information right there in its memory, and this is the best it can do displaying it." But back in 1965, my parents had a black and white TV that was getting an analog signal over the air and converting it into full motion video with sound flawlessly. How come a TV can do it, but a computer in the 80s and 90s was still struggling and struggling? I've got my theories. Struggling. Well, no. What is so different? No, no, no. They jack you along. They had it. You weren't going to see it yet. 
we had to pay for all the intermediate steps. Yes. Yeah. Right. They knew it. They had us sitting way over there, and they're uh, like, well, that still's going to take quite a bit of time to figure it yeah. out. Now they're just like, no, throw them this bullshit out first. Yeah. And then in another year, we're going to introduce this. And then mm-hmm. in two years, we're going to introduce this. In three years, we're going to introduce this. They do it now with phones. So think of, nineteen, say, 1970. You could have a color television set. So you're getting full color, full motion video, and sound streaming flawlessly. Yes. Over an over-the-air signal, and your your television, its total computing or processing power was vacuum tubes and resistors and capacitors and transformers and things. Yeah. And your TV could give you flawless full motion video. But the best computer 20 years later still was having super hard time with it. That just doesn't seem like it makes any sense whatsoever. It doesn't. I know. No. It doesn't make any sense. I agree. Okay. Well, um, all right. Moving along. (laughs) Millie, the White House dog, earned more than four times as President Bush in 1991. I find that hard to believe because (laughs) they were oil people. Well, maybe they were just talking about his income as president. Probably. What year Not did all they the say it assets, was? 1991. Yeah, so they're just talking about It wasn't about Instagram. His, it had yeah. to have been like maybe appearances. Yeah. Huh. I don't yeah. know. I, I read that when uh, um, Mike Tyson retired from boxing, he was millions of dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a net worth of about $400 million. Yes. Or No, I'm sorry, not a net worth. He has since earned... Four hundred million. Yeah, his net worth isn't anywhere near that because yeah. he goes through money as fast as he earns it. Yeah, but he's earned way more in businesses after boxing than he ever earned boxing. When he, you know, boxing cost well, him money. He after, was broke after he got out of prison. <laughs> he became. It took a few years, but became like a cult favorite. Yeah, because people don't believe he did it to this day. And if you look up some of the particulars, I'm not going to say he did it or not. But I'll tell you what, some of the stuff that I read about the particulars does mm-hmm. make me question whether... It was Robin Gibbons, right? Yes. Robin something. Robin Gibbons. Gibbons. Yeah. Um, okay. And look, man, uh, any of this is not funny and it should never be mm-hmm. done. But I don't know. He could have been set up. But it doesn't matter. People view him like that right now. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, you know, he went to jail. He paid the price. Well, He's that's the other now. thing, too. Yeah. He hasn't done it since. Yeah. So we you should see, get off if his you back, compare right? To, if you compare it to OJ, <laughs> OJ went to prison, but it wasn't for murder. No. So if you look at it in as- that aspect, he did not pay the price. Yeah. But some people say he was framed... Because, okay. yeah, he was goaded kind of into it mm-hmm. by his friend saying, hey, they got your stuff. Go get it back and all this stuff. And they say, I don't know if it's true or not. I have no way of knowing this. Just like the Mike Tyson stuff, I have no way of knowing this. <clears throat> but they say he was kind of goaded into it as a get back from the L.A. County. Yeah, what I've seen it compared to was the completely illegal entrapment sting operation yes. that the government ran on John DeLorean. Yeah, the involving same thing. cocaine. But they had to drop him, didn't they? Didn't they have to drop it? Well, let's see. He yeah. was penniless anyhow. It didn't right. matter. But. John DeLorean's car company was hemorrhaging money. Yeah. And the federal government stepped in and entrapped him into entering a cocaine deal to make money to finance his car company. Yes. 
and they, you know, they arrested him, and it all blew up, and his car company failed, and then the case was completely thrown out because it was shown that the government specifically targeted him, went to him, suggested a cocaine buy to finance his car. And supposedly, he was just minding his own business and looking desperate. Supposedly, it was deeper than that. It was over a woman. Who knows? I, I federal, don't know. Whatever part of the federal government that was, they were instructed to go tear him they apart. They were instructed to go him. at him. It was over somebody's ex-wife or something yeah. that he was seeing uh-huh. or something. I'll have to look that up. But I remember so, reading that. It was like real uh, shady. Yeah. It was like, wait a minute. This is anything but what it looked like. Yeah. And how it was reported on TV. Yeah. Because on with, TV, they know, a drug dealer, John DeLorean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then with with uh, Mike Tyson and Robert Givens, there's been a conspiracy theory that he was set up and entrapped in order to get his money away from him. Um, the people around Mike Tyson knew he had lots of money, knew that he wasn't Don very King. responsible with it. So yeah. they thought, let's create a situation where we can drain all that money off rather than just let him go on and spend it on other things and let other people well, get it. One of the, first, so, one of the worst things that happened to Mike Tyson was his uh, trainer and... Manager. Manager. Uh, um, um, Promotional agent. Pro, yeah. Um, um, actually, foster parent. Um, oh, you're not talking about Don King. You're talking about no, the guy before him. No, no, no. The guy before him. Yeah. Uh, uh, D'Amato. Sounds right. Um, Gus... Gus D'Amato, I think was his name. Sounds right. Yeah, let me look here and make sure. Gus D'Amato had him on the right path and mm-hmm. raised him when he was younger or helped raise him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then when he passed away, he started getting into bad habits, is supposedly the story. Um, and then people like Don King come rolling Swooping around the corner. In. Yeah, I can make money Gus off this D'Amato. Um. Gus D'Amato. Okay, so what uh, Google says about Gus D'Amato is Gus D'Amato knew exactly how to rein Tyson in and taught him how to translate that inner rage into his favor. He directed Tyson's aggression towards boxing, told the young firecracker that he had a future in pugilism and was able to successfully channel Iron Mike's energy into training. Mm -hmm. So, and he was more than that too. He was 77 years old. He died in 1985. And subsequently after that, people like Don King got a hold of Mike Tyson, and the rest is uh, in the history books. So, okay, so moving right along here. A law was passed in Nebraska in 1912, said hard rules of the road. Drivers in the country at night were required to stop every 150 yards, set up a skyrocket, then wait eight minutes for the road to clear before proceeding cautiously. All the while blowing their horn and shooting off flares. Uh, I remember a, a restrictive law when automobiles were first invented that required the driver, if, if someone was approaching on horseback, the driver was required to turn off his engine, dismantle the car, hide it in the bushes until the horse had gone by. Uh-huh. And then he could reassemble his car, restart it, and go on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember mean, that. Oh, you said that. They might as yeah. well have just told him, you can't own a car. Just now, yeah, yeah, no. But no, they make it, it so. I mean, and that tactic has, has surfaced again. Um, there was a time in the 80s, I believe, where uh, um, 
The anti-gun group was trying to get around the Second Amendment by putting a tax on ammunition. And the idea was, you can own the gun, and you can own the ammunition, but we're going to make it incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that was immediately declared unconstitutional. Um, good thing, too, because think of all the other things that someone could have decided just make too expensive for people to afford. That's right. And and marginalize the poor by making things way too expensive. Well, they still are doing that. But yeah, yeah, but the anti-gun, the anti-gun group decided, oh, we'll do that so nobody can afford to shoot their guns. It's like, okay, you want to just trash the Constitution? Because <laughs> if you're going to make things unaffordable, we can do the same thing with I know, food, it's, it's air such, travel, access to highways. The there are certain things that cannot be touched, but people refuse they refuse to um, yeah. accept it. Yeah. If you're going to live in this society, there's a certain things that we can't touch. And mm-hmm. it sucks on some levels, but it's great on others. So, I mean, you know. And that was the reason why Missouri chose to make it a state constitutional amendment to legalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. Because if they made it a law, that could be overturned by any future governor. Yeah. But you make a constitution, then the people of Missouri get to vote on it again. Yes. There's no way to get rid of it unless, unless you we ask vote on it. So of suddenly, all the people of Missouri, all the like, old oldsters, yeah. like are declared competent for in two years from now, and can vote <laughs> again. Then it's over. <laughs> so uh, Louis XIV of France really was an unpleasant fellow, as as he's been depicted in uh, <clears throat> uh, in 1674 when he was visiting a school at Claremont. He uh, heard from the school's authorities that one of the children, a nine-year-old Irish named Francis Selden, had made a pun about the king's bald head. Louis was furious. He had a secret warrant drawn up for the child's arrest, and young Selden was thrown into solitary confinement in the Bastille. His parents, <laughs> his, his parents, members of one of England's richest merchant families, were told simply that the child had disappeared. Days turned into months, months to years, and Louis himself passed away, but Francis spent 69 years in the hole for making fun of the king's baldness. Wow. What a prick. And you know, all of those Trumpers would love to pass laws like that here where you couldn't make fun of Trump. Yeah, it could. Well, and all the Clinton hacks, they would love to pass those laws saying you can't make fun of Clinton. Yeah, and then Bill when they do Hillary. it, people could go around and do it to them. Uh, but the thing is, when you do this emotional shit, mm-hmm. that's what you get. You yep. cannot pass laws on emotion. Yep. And that's what happens so many times. Well, this makes me feel bad. Too fucking bad. You know what makes me feel bad? <laughs> fucking innocent people getting murdered. That makes me feel bad. Yeah. You know, fucking children <clears throat> eating meth. That makes me fucking feel bad. You know, so fuck it. Suck it up, buttercup. You've got to realize that when you start passing laws about something, then everybody will kind will find a way to exploit that law, get exactly. around that law. Or and then, try to illustrate how that's bad when it really isn't. Or they will find a way to apply that law to something you like instead of the things you exactly. don't like. Exactly. That's a good uh-huh. point right there. Yeah. Yep. So it's like the people who say we should, we need to have religion back in public schools. Okay, but that means every All single of it. A that means the Satanists get the same um, yeah. the same floor yep. as as the Christians, the same floor as the Buddhists. Because the people who who are saying we well, Buddhists isn't really a religion. Well, it's a lifestyle. Know, yeah, it's a lifestyle. But, but the oh, well. people who are saying get religion back into school don't realize that they're not the ones who get. You know to how decide. many people I've heard say that? And go ahead. I'm sorry. 
they're not the ones who get to decide what's a religion and what's not a religion. I know. Those people are thinking, when they think in their mind religion should be back in school, they're thinking Christianity. Yes. And that's it. No, I know. That's the only thing. That, but what they don't realize is Judaism gets to be taught in school. And Islam gets to be taught in school. Satanism yes. gets to be taught in school. Yeah. Wiccan gets to be taught in If you let religions in, it's all of them. And Not it's just Scientology. The it's Scientology. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the short-sightedness of, I want this law passed because in this one instance right here, it helps me. But then they don't give a shit about how everything else is going to get fucked up because of that no, stupid law. No, they don't care. Simply law. do not care. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, people should realize that common sense is one thing, mm-hmm. and the legal system is something completely different. No, I know. And it's the type of people that I hear rehearsing this have no fucking idea what they're saying. It, the, the legal system is there for when common sense fails. You know, yes. If common sense works, then people just resolve things before they get to the legal system. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the legal system, you're basically saying common sense didn't work. We couldn't solve this problem. Exactly. And now somebody read the letter of the law, interpret it, and tell us exactly what we have to do. Yeah, and then you have these other facets, common too. You have the no letter place. of the law. You have intent of the law and the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. There are so many different things that go into this that can be proven. The spirit of the law, they can always be disproven of the letter of the law. They can mm-hmm. come up and go, well, this is what it says, but look at case law, and this is what they feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a and I think multi- spirit of the law and intent of the law really came about as ways to weasel out of it is, it strict is. wording that yes. is unpopular. It is because there's no other way around it. So they're like, yeah. well, we're just going to go back and we're going to illustrate how mm-hmm. this didn't really mean this, although they say this. This is what we think they meant when they passed this law. Exactly. Uh, you can say that about any law. <laughs> well, this goes back to the lawyer team that you hire. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so there again, common sense has nothing to do with any of this. No. It's, it's all, what can we write down, rules that we write down and make people in, uh, obey? There's mm-hmm. no common sense in that. Common no. sense is people getting along, compromising, working things out. To expect common sense in the legal system is, I mean, it's Ridiculous. like expecting your, your tree trimmer to come in and cook you dinner, too. It's mm-hmm. like, no, different people, different tasks, different, no, it's, it's not the same. True. How about Yep. The microwave was invented after a researcher walked by a radar tube and the chocolate bar in his pocket melted. I remember that one, yeah. Yep. 23% of all photocopy are false worldwide are caused by people sitting on them and photocopying their asses. <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, I can think there's I think there's only one ass that I want to see a photocopy of, and that's my wife's. Yep. And, you know, I can see the original, so what do I need a photocopy for? There you go. Yep. But anybody else's ass? Nah, not interested. (laughs) Just not interested. (laughs) And that goes back to our thing of, you know, things only have value as long as other people want them. That's true. It's like, who's who's a hot sex symbol these days? Um, Let me think of that one. Uh, Billie Eilish. There you go. Uh, Nothing to me. Yeah. Nothing she has me. absolutely nothing I want. Me neither. So, in my opinion, she's valueless to me. Same here. I don't like her songs. I don't like her looks. There's just, just absolutely nothing I want or need from her. Mm-hmm. So, for me, she has zero value. Uh, I've got a good one. The Yardbirds. 
Never liked any of their songs. No. Great, I'm, great people came from that band. And they I mean, influenced they, a lot of good bands. Yeah, they've been influenced. They've had fantastic, some of the best ever there. Mm-hmm. I have no value for their music at all. No, it's... Yeah, there's, it's... it's uh, I don't know. It, I, I kind of... It is, yeah. I kind of put it in the same group as, as those non-threatening 60s bands like the Cow Sills. Yep. And uh, uh, there were a couple other bands where it was just like wholesome young American kids playing bland music as an alternative to the scary music of like Steppenwolf and Black Sabbath and things like that. So that the Yardbirds kind of, to me, sound kind of bland and... A lot of people will just, be like, oh my God, they have all this value in them. Mm, Me? I have none. Nah. I mean, they're okay. It's I don't actively leap to turn the radio to a different station when a Yardbird song comes on. Whenever a song on, comes I on, I tune out. it out. I just don't yeah, care. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I got one for you here. This yeah. is interesting. In a recent survey, Americans revealed that banana was their favorite smell. Huh. A banana. A banana. I would never guess that. No. Yeah. Man, if you ever want to make my dog run away, open a banana. <laughs> Start peeling a banana. He hates the smell of bananas. That makes really? him run. He's like, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Don't Two douchebags in microphone.net. You're one stop for everything. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Man, that smells.